What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples and the occasional f-bomb because let's be honest marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple doable and fun what's up everybody welcome back to the marketing for the uninhibited podcast you're listening to episode number 155 this is episode four in our five part series Five ways to make the most of your marketing efforts. Thank you so much for being here if you've made it this far in the marketing series. So I just want to take a moment here and use <laughs> use my, uh, my bloopers as inspiration for anyone out there who thinks that they need to be perfect before they start something, that they need... My friends and I, when we used to, we used to have a group chat and we always used to start our, our voice notes by saying setting the scene and just kind of giving the group a little bit of detail for where we were in that actual moment when we were leaving the notes. So I want to set the scene for you right now. Okay. So (laughs) I am cracking up because (laughs) the podcast team and I are, are experimenting with recording these episodes and then turning them into reels and clips for Instagram. And I've done things like this in the past, but never simultaneously. Like I've never have recorded the podcast and then um, turned that into a reel. Like I've done Instagram content and I've done podcast content. So it will be nice to do both. Um, But I just want to point out, so if you are listening, you can't see it. But if you're watching, you can see that in the corner of my screen, right behind me by the balloon, I have what used to be a beautiful um, orchid. I was thinking, I'm growing dahlias in the backyard, so that's what I wanted to say. But I used to be a beautiful orchid. I think Marshall got that for me last year. And with everything else going on right now in our lives, my plants have been severely neglected. I think for the first time ever, uh, most of my house plants are dead. Like I am not that person. I am not the person who whose house plants die. I know how to love them from afar. And orchids are particularly particular and sensitive. And you know what? There's no secrets here. That thing just died. And I have been meaning to move it out of view from the camera because this is also the view that all of my clients get when they meet with me. And you know, I just haven't. And I pressed record and I looked in the video and I was like, oh shit, that dead plant is still there. But I don't care. I I have a little limited amount of time to do this today. And honestly, I got some free time back. I ran out of time to record this episode this afternoon. And then someone canceled a meeting and it opened up this time. So I was like, all right, great. We're gonna, we're gonna get this done. And There you have it. So there's that. Okay, so setting the scene, I've got, I'm surrounded by dead plants in this office and a mess that has been strategically pushed right out of frame. Okay, in front of me, 
there's a desk piled high with who knows what. Who knows? Um, to my right, I had therapy today, and we've run out of Kleenex, so I have a roll of toilet paper here, all right? Um, because therapy is hard sometimes. And this is just, this is the reality of running your business from home, real life, and this is what people mean when they say not letting these things stop you. It doesn't have to be perfect. You have to work within the time you have available, even if that means that that poor dead orchid is going to be in the view for everyone to see. And I don't care if someone chooses to hire me or work with me or follow me or engage with me and my community and what I have to offer because of the orchid or not. So be it. Right. Um, and that's, that's my encouragement for you. So the other thing I wanted to point out, if you've been following the series, you may have heard me call this series a few different names. I think um, one name I called it originally was Five Ways to Make More from Your Marketing Efforts, which is what I have on my Google Doc notes. And I've been following those for most of this series. But then I also turned this into a presentation, and I gave this presentation uh, as a workshop and I, I changed the title a little bit to make it like sexier for some people. And because it's true, and this is not to be misleading or anything, it's true. Like if you if you implement these tactics and you can focus on these things and you can hone it in, hone in your marketing efforts and your attention and your time and your energy and your money in some cases, then it's true. This could also be five ways to make more money from your marketing. And I think I've been fumbling the the title back and forth. And so I just wanted to clarify that and also remind you that I'm not going to go back and record those episodes because I have recorded them actually a couple different times, um, not because of the title, but just because of the content. And I have already submitted the final episodes to my team. Like we're, we're well past the <laughs> expiration date for re-recording some of these things. Okay. So again, reminder, you don't have to be perfect. And in my therapy today, since I brought it up, we were talking about the idea that um, we can be so much, so often, what frustrates us as individuals in relationships, in business, in general, um, can can come from a place of just you know lack of acknowledgement. Like I don't know if you've ever gotten in an argument with a person in your life, and it was just about like all I wanted you to do was acknowledge it, right? I just wanted you to acknowledge the time I had spent on this. And so for lack of a better word, not feeling seen. And so we started this conversation about this and what it really means. And we got to the place where what if the only acknowledgement we ever seek is our own, but we project it and displace these feelings and put them on other people thinking that, they need to validate us or they need to acknowledge us. And my therapist was just like, well, do you think you are acknowledging your hard work? And do you think you are doing a good job of acknowledging the time you're spending on these things? And are you acknowledging the fact that you don't have to be perfect and that your business is already successful? I mean, we got deep people. And it was just a light bulb moment. And I, I don't think I do. And I know I'm not alone in this. I know that, you know, this feeling is not unique, especially for women, especially for uh, business owners and moms. So, and I'm not saying that men and um, women 
and men who identify as that don't also feel these things. But I just am saying I find it most often with my my mom clients, my clients that are moms and business owners. So that being said, I just want you to take a moment here today. I do. I did pour a glass of wine because it is after five o'clock. I'm excited to be wrapping up the series with you. Thank you for being here. So I just want to cheers to you and I want to acknowledge all of the hard work that you have put in place to date in your business as a parent in your relationships. I have a client who is celebrating 15 years of marriage. Like, oh my gosh, 15 years. Wow, that's a lifetime. I have, um, you know, Marsha's grandparents are still alive. My grandparents are not, but all of our grandparents were married over 50 years. And most of them were actually closer to 60 years. And it's just incredible to think about that, right? Like what an accomplishment. And when you're married, when you're in a long-term relationship, you can kind of get bogged down by the day-to-day efforts, right? And that's how I feel about business sometimes. We can get caught up in the day-to-day things, in the minutia of the business, in the shitty customer review we just got, or the thing that didn't go over well. I mean, I don't know how many times I've sat down to record this podcast, and I cannot figure out why my microphone, I can't hear the microphone in my headphones. And there's like one little app I have to turn on on the computer, but I just, can you turn on an app? Is that the thing? (laughs) Okay, this is a hilarious start to this podcast. So anyway, and it's frustrating, and I, you have to actively not let something like that derail you, right? It's just part of the process, but it can be frustrating when you're already running low on patience or running low on energy or running low on time. And it can feel like one more thing, right? But we can't let these little things stop us. If we, if we are really committed, if you're really committed to those goals, and this is something I help clients figure out, what are their goals? And the reason we talk about them is because I want to make sure that you're fiercely committed to them. And then these little things, they're just a little blip on the radar that is this long-term, beautiful relationship with your business and your community and your products and your services. So I'm going to toast to that. Before I do that, though, I want to to share an example of why I am saying this and part of what started this whole conversation about acknowledgement and giving ourselves the acknowledgement. So it is not unusual for clients of mine to text me, Voxer me, mostly text, but and just kind of vent. They'll vent. They feel like it, maybe if they're having a slow month or they're worried about something, and then we'll get into the meeting, and a lot of times they'll sit down and they'll say, I don't know what I have to talk about this month. Or they'll say, I was on the way over here, I was driving, or if we're meeting in person, or if we're meeting on Zoom, you know, I was thinking this morning about what I would tell you today and I wasn't sure what I was going to say about marketing. And I'm like, okay, because I I rarely believe that my clients are not actually taking marketing action in between our meetings. I know them well enough to know that they are, but they're just discounting themselves. They're discrediting themselves. And I had several examples of this this week, and it all had to do with income. So I know a lot of you are thinking and feeling like June is slow. I have been there too. But we have to remember, June is a summer month. People are traveling, they're out of school, there are graduation parties and all types of things happening. And historically, okay, so 
I've had a couple clients specifically bring this up in meetings in this month of June. And my first, my first talking point is, okay, do you think June's slow? Let's look at the numbers. This is why we track our numbers. So we pull up the numbers and I'll say, okay, let's look at June 2021, June last year. So we'll look at June last year. And today we found out that one of my clients was, she kept saying, I don't know why June was such a great month for me last year. And this year it's so slow. And do you guys want to know what the difference was in her, in her numbers month over month, year over year? $400. And when I asked her, because of what she does in her business, and I said, do you think you're, because at the time I'm recording this, it's in June, where we have a couple days left in the month. And I said, do you think you're going to sell $400 in the next couple of days? And she was like, well, yeah, of course. Like, so, <laughs> so your numbers will be equal to, if not above, June of last year. So we have to be careful of where our brains play these tricks on us and then figure out if the data supports it. So June was better last year. Is this a fact? Let's figure it out. And that's what we do. So then I had another client. Okay, and so in another client in the same exact situation. And then in her June actually was a little bit lower this year compared to last year, but not enough to be concerning. And then what we did, she actually had done this on her own before we met. She zoomed out and she looked at her year to date for 2022. So that is January through June for 2022 and January through June for 2021. And when she did that, what do you think she found out? She was ahead and not just a little bit ahead. So like overall, big picture in 2022, she has made significantly more income, gross sales, gross income compared to 2021. And that's what matters. You're going to have slow months. You're going to have slow weeks, slow times, okay? But I want you, it doesn't matter. The slow month doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things of your business if overall the arrow is moving in the right direction. The line is going up because that's our goal, right? For most of us, the goal is to be making more money, most of my clients. So to that, I will raise my glass of wine and I will say, before you start beating yourself up, before you get down on yourself, before you start telling yourself these stories, I want you to verify, I want you to fact check yourself. Is this true or is this fake news? And I'm going to be willing to bet a lot of the time it's fake news. Your brain has gone on some sort of spiral. They're freaking out. And it, it could have be valid, right? It could be that you, you have this feeling or you just know that it, things are a little bit slower. And the same happened to me. So I was like, wow, June is slower. You know, I'm building back um, my clientele after so many of my lovely clients graduated in May. And we've had so many things going on. I took a lot of time off in the beginning of the year. And I just was like getting down on myself. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to check my numbers. And I am so far ahead. I'm like <laughs> almost two months ahead of my average income from last year. So we're trending in the right direction. Okay. And you're not alone if you're having these feelings, these feelings of doubt, these feelings of like, oh my gosh, it's slow. What am I going to do? But before we put a plan together to 
get you out of the slowness, so to speak, which I've got thoughts on there, but we're going to get to the topic today. I want you to just double check, double check the numbers. Are you in fact slower? All right. Okay. So everyone raise a glass, whatever you got in your hand. High five. Cheers. Cheers. I am so proud of you and the work you're doing. And I hope that you pause today and every day to acknowledge that because you deserve it. All right. What are we really supposed to talk about today? <laughs> okay. Woo. What we're really talking about today is that words matter. Your words matter. Your words have meaning. So this is one of the topics that I haven't talked a lot about specifically. We do talk about it in a roundabout way. And obviously it's something that always comes up in marketing messaging, but today we are specifically talking about marketing messaging. And what this means is we're talking about why and how Beetlejuice doesn't respond to the bat signal. So if you're, I think most of you are familiar with Beetlejuice, I think you have to say his name three times, right? That's how Beetlejuice, 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 that's how he appears. And Batman, um, now someone is going to, someone's going to message me about this because this is probably not right, but when bat, the bat signal goes up, is that a call for Batman or we're going to just use it as that. Okay. When the bat signal goes up in the sky, it's like, Batman, we need you. But I'm starting to think that's not right. But anyway, you get the point for this exercise. So I want you to figure out who you're signaling to. This is why we've done all the work that we have to this point in the series. We've talked about why you started your business with the mission statement in part one. Part two, we talked about who is your ideal customer and where are they finding you. Part, that was part two. Part three, we talked about the customer journey, the path they take to paying you and really understanding from a consumer perspective from working with you, where are we going together, right? So now we're going to tie it all together with marketing messaging. And this is who are you signaling to? And bare minimum, your marketing messaging at the end of the day is how you're communicating with your target audience. And this is the, these are the words you use to talk about them. So if you've been here a while, you know, I have an exercise about brand pillars where I take you through um, figuring out three to four words to associate with your brand. And I tell you to start sprinkling those into your messaging to help establish some consistency, to help your customers get used to seeing these signals, these markers with your brand. So with me and marketing, it's simple, doable, and fun, right? And everything I do, I try to keep simple, doable, and fun. I have a very casual conversational approach to all things in my business. And these are signals for people, uninhibited, unleashed, unconventional, unlocked, like you know, just have fun with the wor the words in your business. And I had a workshop this week and one of the women there, she was, we were doing the brand pillars exercise and she was a really amazing woman. She's getting her pilot's license. She has a motorcycle. She's just very adventurous. She travels all over the world by herself and she pulled out some brand pillars and she, you know, to her credit came off mute to discuss these in front of all these strangers online. And I told her straight up that I thought those brand pillars were too generic for her. She was giving me things like happy and inspirational and, and 
you know, when you think about someone just getting their pilot's license, which is something I want to do, um, and having a motorcycle and traveling the world by yourself, like these are, these are amazing in like, yes, it's inspirational, but these are amazing things and happy and inspirational just seemed a little surface level. So I told her that that was a good start, but I really wanted her to figure out the emotions and some bigger, deeper words, like take it a few steps deeper. And then I told her to just go get the thesaurus out and to play around with it and then sit with it. And so you know that we have done this before. So today, I just want to say like the, the marketing messaging piece really is all of that. It's, it's all of this. So how are you taking the why did you start your business, the mission statement, and telling your customers that? How are you articulating that to your customers? How are you communicating that passion you have for the why to your customers? How is that being translated in your marketing? And then when it comes to the who and the where of the customer, so who is your ideal customer, where are they finding you? Again, this is based around the messaging. So once we figure out who we're talking to, now we can get down to some of these signal booster words, the the things that say like, hey, I'm your person, right? I'm the type of person you want to work with. So the woman in the workshop, she later came back and she said, you know what, one word that keeps coming up for me is badass. And I don't know if I can use that in my marketing. And I was like, you are talking to the right person here. Yes, of course you can. Of course you can. And then another woman came off mute and she said, okay, but I'm just going to throw this out there. If you use badass in your marketing, you're going to immediately deter some people, some people who don't think that's professional, some people who don't use that type of language. And then before I could even chime in, this woman who had come off mute to give the counterpoint, which was valid, she was right, but she said, but I guess that's the point because those wouldn't be your people. And she's right. That is the whole point. The whole point of the words that we choose is to signal to the right ones and not necessarily repel, but just not attract the other ones. That's it. That's all we're doing. And I see so many people in the marketing space, going to my point earlier when I made my little toast to you all, downplaying themselves, not acknowledging the amount of work, the amount of time, the amount of creativity, the amount of sheer like love, joy, and passion that they have poured into what they do. And this could be for various reasons. Maybe it's they're afraid to be boastful. They are afraid to stand out. They don't want to step on anyone else's toes. They don't want to because they dif- take a different stance or opinion in their industry make that per- the other person feel bad because they disagree with them. It is not about any of that. What all of this is about is about you saying the right things to attract the right people. And it takes practice. You need to, this is a habit to develop getting. So I had a um, consultation recently and we sat down and we were talking about the business and blah, blah, blah. And so then I just said, you know, is this what you want to do? And Every time she responded, she would say, well, so-and-so does it this way, and -and so-and-so has this type of business, and and she's doing this. And I'm like, yeah, that's great for them. That's wonderful. But what about you? Is this what you want to do? So you have to 
make sure that you are communicating in a way that is authentic to you. And the more you do that, the, the more you get in the habit of not concerning yourself with what other people in your industry are doing or what they're not doing or what so-and-so competitor or not, I don't want to say competitor, but you know what I mean, um, other business owner might think. It's not about them. Are they your target audience? Are they who you're trying to attract? So that's a good question to ask yourself when you start questioning your, the words you're using in the marketing messaging. I want you to ask yourself, and this is why I have my clients name their ideal customer. I want you to say, you know, would, would Amelia resonate with that? Okay, let's say that's your target audience name. Would Amelia resonate with that? And if the answer is yes, do it. That's who you're doing it for. You are doing it to connect with that person, to build a relationship with that person. So, you know, going back to last week's episode, so they can get to know you, like you, and trust you, and pay you. That's how we get there. So don't let perfectionism hold you back. Don't let the fact that you're doing things differently or you haven't seen it done like this before or said like this before or that you're set doesn't look like someone else's. I mean, half the time, like my real transitions are off. I feel like I'm focusing so hard on the timing of the reel that I am not allowing my personality to come through. So, you know, like, but I still do it and I still post it and then I improve next time. And that's just reels. But this goes for all of marketing and any marketing action you take. This is a habit that you have to develop. It's a muscle that you have to build. And the more you do it and the more you Take You learn from that experience. So what are some questions we can ask ourselves? Our, our marketing messaging should always answer who you are, who your work is for, how you help people, and how they can work with you. At minimum, your marketing messaging should answer that. Now, not everything you do has to answer all of those things, um, but most of them, right? We always want to have a call to action in our marketing messaging, whether it's an email or a social media post or a little card that you're handing out at your pop-up markets, um, or on a bigger scale, maybe you're giving a presentation and you you put your contact information and how they can work with you next in those slides. And then I really like Seth Godin's Marketing Promise template. So this is in his book, This Is Marketing. That's what it's called, I think, um, the orange one. And it says, number one, my, my product is for people who believe. People who believe what? My product is for people who believe. I'm not going to answer these. Sometimes I give you examples, but I really want you to sit with this. And I want you to do it for your business. Because it is, you really have to think about this. So I will give you an example. I take it back, okay? The woman who participated in the workshop last night, the one who was the pilot's license adventurer woman. She, her, her product or service is for people who believe in taking risks. People who believe in living on the edge. People who believe in being daring. People who believe in trying new things and going new places and putting yourself out there outside of your comfort zone. Right? So that's the, the direction I want you to go with this. My product is for people who believe what. And then if you get to a place and that feels really good to you, 
Call it out. Test it in your messaging. I've had, um, I've seen a lot of reels right now, and some of my clients are doing this too, where they're specifically calling out segments of their target audience. So like, hey, small business owner. Hey, creative entrepreneur. Hey, teacher. Hey, mental health professional. Things like that. That's a great way to signal. And then see if they respond to whatever it is you're talking about. And then number two for the Seth Godin's marketing promise is I will focus on people who want. So I can answer that for my business. I will focus on people who want to change the way they've been doing business. I will focus on people who want to go deeper into their own personal work in order for their business to grow. Because that's what we do. If you've worked with me, you know. That is not just about marketing. Marketing coaching is so much more than that. The tangibles are the marketing items. The intangibles are the feelings associated with these habits that we develop together, like confidence, like pride, right? Like excitement and joy. And I mean, sometimes it's just sheer astonishment. Like, oh my gosh, look at, look at, I did. Then number three, oh, and I would say back to number two, acknowledgement is an intangible my, my people get. I acknowledge their, them, I see them for who they are and what they want to do with their businesses, and I see their goals. Like really see it without judgment and say, all right, cool, let's do it. Let's put a plan together. And then they do it, and it's like, holy shit. That's pretty cool, right? And then somehow we still don't acknowledge our own successes, even when they're amazing. I do it too. Don't worry. It's a, it's something we're all working on together. And then number three for the Seth Godin marketing promise. I promise that engaging with what I make will help you get blank. So the questions today, who are you? Who is your work for? How do you help your people? How can they work with you? And then if you want to work on Seth Godin's marketing promise, number one, my product is for people who believe blank. Number two, I will focus on people who want blank. And number three, I promise that engaging with what I make will help you get blank. All right, that's it for this one. Thank you for being here. I hope you've enjoyed the series so far. Join us next week for the final episode in the five-part series. Hey friends, thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your community on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Marketing Uninhibited so I can share you with my community. And don't forget that you can achieve your big business dreams with small marketing steps. Talk to you next week.